Master Brock ignore Robert's book, Holding the Dream, Chapter 5. It's outrageous. It's insulting. <laughs> A rare show of temper. Laura stormed around the solarium 30 minutes before Kate had interrupted homework time and Laura had shifted from solving the mysteries of punctuation and multiplication tables with her daughter to the shock of hearing Kate's story. Watching her friend, Kate was glad she had the presence of mind to ask to speak to Laura privately. The flash in the gray eyes, the anger flush stained the school ivory cheeks, and a wild gesture might have frightened the children. I don't want you to be upset, Kate said. You don't want me to be upset? Laura rounded on her, the curling swing of a chin lift length Bronze hair flying, the soft, pretty mouth pulled back in a snarl. Then what exactly should I be when my sister gets plucked between the eyes? Oh, yeah. Kate thought this definitely would have given the girls a jolt. <laughs> if she hadn't been so miserable, she would have laughed. Laura, the cool, the cool had metamorphosed into Laura the enraged. Despite being 5'2", she looked capable of going 10 rounds with the champion. Don't want me to be upset, Laura repeated her small, almost fairy-like frame, revving high as she stalked around the lush glass-walled room. Well, I'm not upset. I'm past upset and headed beyond pissed. How dare they? How dare those pit-headed idiots think for one minute, for one instant, that you still money? She slapped at the swaging frogs of potted palm. When I think how many times the Biddles have been guests in this house, I've, it makes my blood boil, threatening you like a common criminal, escorting you out of the building. I'm surprised they didn't bring out the cuffs and the sweat team. Sun pouring through the glass walls, glittering fiercely in her eyes. Bastards! Idiot! Bastards! She pounced all five feet, two inches of raging fury on the slim white phone beside the patties. We're calling Josh. We're suing them. Hold it. No, hold it, Laura. From between tears and laughter, Kate slapped the hand over her friends. For the life of her, Kate couldn't remember why she hesitated to come here to the Templeton's house. This was exactly what she needed to snap her back. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the triad, but you haven't been good to see a triad. It's got nothing to sue. I've got nothing to sue them about. The evidence. I don't give a fuck about evidence. That Kate's bubble of laughter arising there. Just what the hell are you laughing about? I've never get used to hearing you say fuck. It's just not natural. But she swallowed because the laugh had come precisely close to hysteria. And seeing you still around this elegant room with all these, all the hibris and ferns, it's quite a show. She got her breath. I don't, I didn't come here to send you on a rampage. Though it's doing wonders for my bruised ego. This isn't about ego. Laura struggled to get a grip on her temper. She lost it rarely because it was a powerful thing, a dangerous thing. It's about the deformation of character, loss of income. We're not going to let them get away with this. Kate, you've got a lawyer in the family, and we're going to use him. There was no use in pointing out that Josh wasn't a legator. She certainly wouldn't have told Laura that. The very thought of pursuing the matter, particularly through the legal system, had her feeling nauseated again instead of said she struggled to keep it light. Maybe we could have him take tack on loss of consortium just for kicks. I always like them. How can you joke? Because you've made me feel so much better. Suddenly she felt like crying again and hugged Laura tight and said, 
I knew in my heart you'd stay in my hand, but in my head, in my gut, I was so shattered. Oh god, jeez, the way to press Android. I'm gonna start again. Oh, Kate, oh honey, I'm so sorry. Gently now, Laura slipped the hand around her waist. Let's sit down. We'll get some tea, some wine, some chocolate, and figure this out. <laughs> Kate slipped back to tears on. Tea's good. Alcohol hasn't been agreeing with me lately. Too many well, chocolate never fails. Okay, just sit right there. Normally, she would have gone in the kitchen herself, but she didn't want to leave Kate alone. Instead, she crossed the glossary, filled some floor, to the intercom by the doorway. The system Peter had insisted they installed to summon the servants. After a few murmuring instructions, she came back to Kate and sat down. I feel so useless. Kate said so stripped. I don't think I appreciated really how much how Margot must have felt last year when she had the rug pulled out from under. <laughs> you were there for her, just like Margot and I, and everyone will be here for you. Anyone who knows you wouldn't believe you did anything wrong. Even one who doesn't, she murmured, thinking of Byron. <sighs> Still plenty will be plenty will believe it. It's gonna get out. I can promise you that. I'm used to defending myself, she continued. Skinny girls with more brains than charm tend to hide through high school or fight through it. And you always fought. I'm out of practice. She closed her eyes and leaned back. The room smelled like a garden, she thought. Peaceful, calm. She badly needed to find calm again. I don't know what I'm going to do, Laura. It's probably the first time in my life I don't have a plan. She opened her eyes again with concern and noise. I know it's going to sound foolish, but everything I am and wanted to be was tied up in my career. I was good at it. More than good. I needed to be. I chose Biddle because it was old, established firm. There was plenty of room and opportunity for advancement because it was close to home. I liked the people there, and I don't like that many people. I felt comfortable and appreciated. You feel comfortable and appreciated at Temple 10? Laura said quietly to me. You know, there's no question... That you can have a position there tomorrow. Mom and Dad wanted you in the organization. Was it Tane owner, she thought? Stretched back a generation? No, that she would not ask. They've done enough for me. Kate, that's ridiculous. Not to me. I can't go crawling to them now. I hate myself. It was the only thing she felt capable of standing firm on. Maybe it was pride, but it was all she had left. It's going to be hard enough to call them and tell them about this. You know exactly what the reaction will be, but I'll do it if you like. Will they remember, Kate wondered, just for an instant? Remember? And doubt? that she had to face as well, alone? No, I'll call them in the morning. She ran a hand over her slim navy skirt and tried to be practical. I've got a little time to weigh my options. Money isn't an immediate problem. I've got some set aside, and there's the income me meager through it is. It is from the shop. There Andrew. Oh, God. Oh my god, is there gonna is this gonna affect the shop? Of course not. Don't worry. Don't worry. Kate sprang up, her stomach began to do flip-flops again. Pretenses, third partner, suspected of embezzlement. CPAs giving client accounts, former Templeton Ward under investigation. Excuse her eyes shut. Terrified of what that investigation might uncover. Blood will tell. Think of now. She ordered herself one step at a time. Jesus lawyer. Laura, it never occurred to me until this second. I could ruin it. A lot of my clients shop there. Just stop it. You're innocent. I wouldn't be surprised if a great many of your clients dismiss this whole business as nonsense. People have a funny attitude about their money, Laura, Laura, and about the people they hire to handle it for them. They may be, but you're going to start handling mine. 
Don't even think about arguing Laura said before kicking over your mouth. I don't have a lot with work with since Peter skunked me into the divorce, but I expect you to fix that, and it's about time you started pulling your weight at the shop. Margo and I are adequate bookkeepers, but that's a matter of opinion. Please, Laura Cockerel. Well, then, you'd better get busy protecting our investment. You were too busy before, but now you've got time on your hands. So it seems. And by putting in some time behind a counter as well, you can take some of the pressure off Margo and me. Kate's mouth will. You expect me to clerk regularly? Damn it, Laura, I'm not a saleswoman. Neither was Margo, Laura said pleasantly, and neither was I. Circumstances change. Bend or break, Kate? She wanted to remind Laura that she had an MBA from Harvard. She graduated with honors a full year early. She'd been within a breath of partnership at one of the most respected firms in the area, had handled millions of dollars a year in accounts. She closed her mouth again because none of it was worth a damn at the moment. I don't know an Armani from anything. You'll learn. It was self-indulgent, but you've had it. I don't even like jewelry. The customers do. I don't understand why people need to clutter up their house with dust catchers. Look her smile. If Kate was arguing, she thought she was coming around. That's easy to keep us in business. Good point. Kate continued. I haven't done too badly the few Saturdays I've been able to help out. It's just dealing with people day after day. You'll learn to live with it. We really need you on the books. We didn't push it before because we didn't want to pressure you. Actually, Marco did, but I talked her out of it. One of the many wounds she'd been planning to lick healed over. Really? No offense, Kate, but we've been open about ten months. Margaret and I decided after about ten days that we really hate accounting. We hate spreadsheets. We hate percentages. We hate figuring the sales tax. We have to send off every month. Laura let out a sigh. Boy, I shouldn't tell you. She asked me not to, but what? Well, Margo, we think... We could add to our overhaul with a full-time bookkeeper. Not yet, anyway. So Margo's been looking into taking classes. Classes? <laughs> Accounting classes? Margo? Jesus Christ! And business management and computers. Laura wins. Now, with the baby coming along, it seems like a lot to handle. I'm fairly computer illiterate. She added a the pressure point. I have to be working convert conventions and special events at the hotel, but retail's a different matter entirely, knowing the value of timing. She went waited a beat, let it sink in. I just don't see how I could squeeze any classes in myself between working at Templeton, the shop, and the girls. Of course not. You should have told me you were having that rough a time. I've had picked up the ball. You've been cross-eyed with work for six months and didn't seem prepared. Fair hell, it's business. I've come in first thing in the morning and take a good look at the books. Mommy, mommy. Go watch. Mm -mm. Laura managed to keep her smile pleasant rather than smug, as Anne, Annie Sullivan wheeled in the teacup. The girls have finished their homework and began. I brought extra cups and plates so they can join you. Let you might enjoy a little tea party. Thank you, Annie. <sighs> Miss Kate, it's good to see. Her eye, her smile, her smile, a greedy faded the minute she looked in Kate's swollen red venom. What's the matter, darling? Oh, Annie, Kate caught her hand. The hand Anne had lifted to her cheek, soothing herself with it. My life's a mess. I'll get the girl, the girl said, rising. And another cup. She had a nodding to him. We'll have our tea party and work 
on straightening it out. Because Kate had always been the awkward one and the feisty one, she had a special plate in Annie's heart. After pouring two cups, selecting two chocolate frosted cakes, Anne sat down draping them around occasion. Now, you drink your tea and eat some sweets and tell Annie all about it, sighed Kate Burrowed. Dorothy from Kansas was right. She decided there really was no place like home. I don't like the way she keeps talking about software on the counter of pretenses, Margot muttered in Dolores' ear. The only software I want to know about is cashmere. We don't have to know, Laura muttered right back, because she knows. Think about all the Sunday evenings we sweated over the book. Right. But Margot pouted. Actually, I thought I was pretty good at it. The way she talks, it's like I was rated. Want to go into the back room and help her out? No, that was definite. Margot scanned the browsing customer, calculated nine or seconds before the next subtle sales pitch. But I don't like the way she's talking, taking this whole mess. Not, no way are Kate's walking away from a fight. She's hurt, shaken. Laura was worried over herself. This is just recovery time. It better be. I'm not going to be able to hold Josh back from storming this bitter much longer. A marital light glowered in her Mediterranean blue eyes. I'm not going to be able to hold myself back for the matter. Creeps, jacks, she continued to mutter as she approached the customer, but her face unweighted a metamorphosis. Easy, sophisticated beauty. That's a gorgeous lamp, isn't it? It belonged to Christina Brickley. Margot trailed her finger down the mother of Pearl she Confidentially, it was a gift from Billy, and she didn't want to keep it around any longer. Truth or fiction? Laura wondered, muffled in a laugh. The ownership was back, but the little sidebar was probably fantasy. Laura, with the long-suffering look she wore after the first hour with the books, Kate stepped out of the back office. Do you realize how many money, how much money you're wasting? By short ordering boxes, the more you order at a time, the less each costs. The way we go through them. Ah, uh, yes, you're right. Out of the fits of necessity, Laura looked at her. Oops, piano lessons. Gotta go. You're buying tape at the dime store rather than through a wholesaler. <laughs> Kate added, dodging Laura to the door. I should be shot. Bye. And she escaped. Her foot tapping. Kate turned. With the intent of nagging Margot, but her partner was busy fussing with a customer over some silly little lamp that didn't look as if it could light a closet, much less a room. Helped to nag. It felt good to take charge, even if it was over boxes and tape. Miss, oh miss, another woman came out of the wardroom, carrying a pair of white spangled pumps. Do you have these in an eight narrow? Kate looked at the shoes, looked at the woman, and wondered why anyone would want a pair of shoes covered with incrustious spangles. Everything's out that's in stock, but these are too small. She all but wailed it, thrusting the shoes at Kate. They're perfect with the dress I've chosen. I have to have them. Look, Kate began and ground her teeth together as Margot caught her eye with a fiery warning look. She remembered the routine. Margot had drummed into her head. Hated it. Pretenses is almost exclusively one of a kind, but I'm sure we can find something that works for you. Already missing her computer, she guided the customer back into the wardrobe room. Took a great deal of control not to yelp. Shoes were tumbling everywhere rather than neatly arranged on the shelves. Half a dozen cocktail dresses were tossed haphazardly over the chair. Others had slipped to the neat little abuja. 
been busy, haven't we? Kate said with a frozen smile. The woman let out a thrill of laughter that cut right through the top of Kate's skull. Oh, I'm just in love with everything, but I'm very decisive once I've made up my mind. That was a statement for the books. Okay, which dress have you become decisive about? (laughs) Took 20 minutes, 20 heming and high. Ooing and I minutes before the customer settled on a pair of white sling bags with satin bows. Kate struggled to arrange the yards of white tulle in the skirt of the dress that woman couldn't live without. Tulle, Kate thought as she finally zipped into a bag that would certainly make the woman resemble an oversized wedding cake. Her work complete, Kate handed over the dress, shoes, and sales receipt and even a manager's smile. Thanks so much for shopping at Pretenses. Oh, I love it here. I just have to see those earrings. Earrings, Kate's heart sank. This, I think, they'll be wonderful with the dress, don't you? Could you just take it out of the bag again so I You want me to take the dress out of the bag? With a fierce smile, Kate leaned over the ground. Why don't you? Oh, the Australian crystals just make those earrings, don't they? Dashing around the counter, Margot gave Kate a shove that knocked her a full foot aside. I have a bracelet that's just made to go with it. Kate, why don't you take the dress back out while I unlock the case? I'll take the damn dress back out. Kate muttered with her back turned, but I'm not putting it in again. No one can make me. Spoiled for a fight, she scrawled as the door jingled open. Her scrabble deep in up Byron's quick smile. Hello, ladies. I'll just browse until you're free. You're free, Marco said meaningfully to Kate. I'll finish up here. One devil was the same as another. Kate supposed and walked reluctantly out from behind him. Looking for something. Mother's Day. I bought my mother's birthday present in here a couple months ago and made me a hero. I figured I'd stick with a winner. He reached out, skimmed a knuckle along the jaw. How are you feeling? Fine. Embarrassed at the memory of Chauvin in his arms, she turned stiffly away. Did you have anything specific in mind? In answer, he put a hand on her shoulder and turned around. I thought we parted on semi-friendly terms, at least. We did! She reeled herself in. There was no point in blaming him, though. It was more satisfying. I'm just a little wired. I nearly punched that customer. Lifted an eyebrow. Byron glanced over Kate's head at the woman currently singing over a bracelet. Because she wanted to see earrings, Kate said between her teeth. Good God, what is the world coming to? You promised not to hit me. I swear I won't even look at a pair of earrings in here. I may never look at a pair anywhere again. She supposed that deserved to least as well. Sorry, it's a long story. So what does your mother like? Earrings. Sorry, he let her rumble choke. Hard to resist. She's an intra- internist with nerves of steel. A wicked temper and a cinnamon sentimental streak for anything that has to do with her children. I'm thinking hearts and flowers, anything that falls into that basic symbolism. That's nice. She did smile. She was a sucker for a man who not only loved his mama, but understood her. I don't know the stock very well. This is my first week on the job. She looked neat as a penny used in her tidy little gray suit with a Windsor knot strip tie. The sensible shoes shouldn't have led him to speculate on her legs. Surprised that that's what exactly what he was doing. He cleared her so. How's it going? She glanced back at Margo. I think my co-workers are plotting my demise. Other than that, good enough. Thanks. But when he continued to study her, she shifted. 
You did call in for a gift, right? Not to check up on me or anything. I can do both. I'd rather you... The door open again. Here, hurtling in the entrance of three laughing, chattering women. Kate grabbed Byron's arm in a steely group. Okay. I'm with you. You need my undivided attention. I'll give you 10% off if you take up all my time until they leave. A real people person, Archie Katzen. I'm a desperate woman. Don't screw with me. She kept her hand firmly on his arm as she steered him to a corner of the shop. Your sin's different again, he commented, indulging himself with a sniff closer to him. Subtle, yet passionate. Something Margot squirted on me when I was distracted, she said absently. This was her new life, she reminded herself. The old was gone, and she was going to make the best of what she had left. She likes us to push the merchandise. She'd have hung jewelry all over me if I hadn't escaped from her safe distance. She glanced back and made a face at her friend. Look, she made me wear this pin. He glanced down at the simple gold crescent adoring her lapel. It's very nice. And drew the eye to the soft smell of her breast. Simple, classic, subdued. Yeah, right. What do you, what do pins do but put holes in your clothes? Okay, back to business. So happens there's this music box that might make you a hero again. Music box. He brought himself back to his business and he could work. I remembered it because Margaret just picked it up at an estate sale in San Francisco. She'd known the circuit this and the designer that. I can tell you it's lovely. She lifted it, a glossy mahogany box, large enough for jewelry or love letters. On its doom lid was a painting of a young couple in a medieval dress, a unicorn, and a circle of flowers. The lid opened to deep blue velvet in the charming strands of fertilese. There's a problem, again. Why? Her back one It's beautiful, practical, it's romantic. Well, he rubbed him. How am I going to take up all your time when you've shown the perfect gift first thing? Oh, Kate glanced over her shoulder again. Three fresh customers were in the wardroom room, making a lot of female on the hunt noises, trying not to feel guilty. She looked over Margot, who was expertly rebagging the tool. Want to buy something else? It's never too early to shop for Christmas. He <laughs> hangs with it. You've got to learn to gauge your clientele, kid. Here's a man coming in to buy a Mother's Day gift three days before the mark. A gift that he will now have to ship overnight to Atlanta. That type doesn't shop for Christmas until sometime after December 21st. That's very impractical. I like to use up my practicality at work. Life is different. When he smiled at her, the caresses in, her, in his face deepened. She liked the look of him. Caught herself wondering how it would feel to trace her finger along those charming dents. Surprised at herself, she blew out of breath. Stated girl, then maybe you should look at something else to like compare. No, this is it. It intrigued him to see what he was making. It intrigued him to see that he was making her uncomfortable and that the discomfort was sexual. Deliberately, he put his hands over her so that they held the box together. Why don't I dwaddle over the wrapping paper? That, she decided, was definitely a come on. She'd have to think about whether or not she liked it later. Okay, that'll work. She went. She said Margot beaming somehow as they crossed paths and set the music box carefully on the counter. Margot closed the door behind her now, satisfied customer, and aimed an automatic, flirtatious smile at Byron. Hello, Byron. It's wonderful to see you, Margot. He caught her hand, brought it to his lips. 
the gesture was as automatic as her smile. You look incredible, as always. See that? Well, we just don't get enough men in here, particularly handsome, gallant ones. Have you found something you like? Kate saved my life with a Mother's Day gift. Did she? As Kate studiously boxed Byron's selection, Margot leaned over the counter, caught Kate by a red and blue striped tie, and sucked viciously. I'm going to kill you later. Excuse me, Byron. I have customers. Kate kept her hot eyes on Margot's retreating back. See, I told you, she wants me dead. One definition of family is a constant state of adjustment. Kate looked at her mouth. From Webster's? From the wits. Let's try the paper with the little violets. Margot's a remarkable woman. I've never known a man who didn't think so. No, that's wrong, she said as she measured wrapping paper. Laura's ex-husband couldn't stand her. Of course, that was because she's the housekeeper's daughter, and he's a puss-faced snob. And I think it was better because he wanted her. Men do. And it irritated him. Intrigued by the brisk way she worked, the almost mathematical manner in which she aligned the box, folded corners on the gift wrap, he leaned on the counter. Her hands were really quite lovely, he noted. Narrow, competent, unadored. How did he feel about you? Oh, he hated me, too, but that didn't have anything to do with sexual fantasy. I'm the poor relation who has the nerve to say what she thinks when her stomach gritters. She likes something about, I don't know why I told you all that. Could be repressed conversation urges. You don't talk to people for long periods, then you get caught in a conversation and forget you don't like to talk to people. I told you, it can be a pleasant hobby. I don't like to talk to people, she muttered. Most people want purple ribbon or white. Purple. You interest me, Kate. Where is she? Looked up again. I don't think that's necessary. Just an observation. I assume you were cold, prim, rude, annoying, and self-involved. I'm not originally that far wrong with people. She jerked the ribbon into a knot, snipped off the You're not this time either, except for the prim. No, the rude and annoying probably stick, but I'm better. But I've been reevaluating the rest. She chose a large, elaborate bow. I don't want an evaluation. I didn't ask. It's another hobby of mine. Gift card. Frowning again, she found the one to match the paper and slapped it on the counter in front of him. We can overnight it. I'm counting on it. He handed her his credit card, then took out a pen to write on it. Oh, by the way, I made an offer on the house you recommended it. Like the music box. It's exactly what I was looking for. Good for you. After a breach search, she found the shipment form, set it down beside the box. She suppressed the urge to ask him about it, the house, what had appealed to him. She, the term, damn conversation. If you fill in the name and address where you want it shipped, we'll have FedEx pick it up in the morning. She'll get it within 24 hours to spare and save you a whining phone call. He said, my mother doesn't whine. I was referring to you. Her smoke smile halted when two more customers came in. Isn't that handy? Byron dashed off his mother's name and address. We're all done. Just in time for you to help some new customers. Listen to it, Byron. No, no, no. Don't bother to grab her. You're on your own. He pocketed his card, the receipt, and tore off his copy of the shipping for himself. See you around, kid. He strode toward the door at the sound of mist. Can you show me these earrings? Was music to his soul. End of chapter 5.